Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to the Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Inspired Table podcast. Today's guest is the beautiful Peter Shulman, who is the founder of Goodness Meatbox. Um, You've probably seen me chatting about Goodness Meatbox on my Insta stories. I've received a couple in the last few months. Um, And it's basically a health food sampling box that's designed to get people excited about eating clean and nourishing their bodies with pure whole foods and really just being part of the wellness revolution. Um, Peter is actually the most lovely down-to-earth person you have ever met, but she's also very impressive. In 2015, Peter was actually a finalist for the Female Entrepreneur Awards in the Young Female Entrepreneur of the Year category. And in 2017, she was a finalist for the Lorna Jane Active Living Awards. And since launching Goodness Me Box in mid-2014, her business has amassed over 100,000 followers on social media, reached thousands of Australian homes on a monthly basis, sampled over 1 million health products Australia-wide, delivered more than 100,000 Goodness Me boxes. I love this interview with Peter because it's so goddamn real. Um, She was so honest about everything, and I think that when we see things on social media, um, especially businesses, we just assume immediate success, and it's not always the case. So... Um, Today, I chat to Peter about the beginnings of the business, some of the hiccups they had, and also what boxes like this or businesses like this mean for the health industry and what her projection is for 2018 going forward for the health and wellness industry. So it's a really interesting interview. I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Peter Shulman. be a nice way to start is just um to hear a little bit about you because I I don't know much about your background I know um I know quite a bit about the business itself goodness me box um 
I, you know, I'd received boxes in the past and I always thought it was such a great service. And I had been to the Goodness Me box um, markets that you'd been doing a few times. But in terms of Peter, I don't know much about you. So could you tell us a little bit um, about your background and I guess what kind of led you to start the business? Yeah, sure. Well, I guess my background, um, I might start after university. So I studied communications and went into the PR world as a publicist, but I started in the health and wellness space, which I guess is what really piqued my interest at that time. And we used to call it the preventative health space where we worked. So it was all about um, longevity and anti-aging, but in the sense of um, how can we prevent um, chronic illness and disease and what can we do that's best for our body. So a lot of work with health foods and supplements and we used to bring out these incredible doctors, um, especially from the US, we're really doing cutting edge things with the latest research um, and talking about you know the benefits of turmeric or the benefits of gut health and brain health and the connection between the two. And so at that time, that was probably now about eight years ago. And we used to call the media and pitch these stories. And those ideas and concepts were considered quite alternative and um, even, you know, we were at that time. And we used to really have to push to get a story mm-hmm. over the line. So I found it absolutely fascinating speaking to these doctors and we used to read a lot of research and have to stay on top of the latest studies that was coming that were coming out so I became quite um, excited by this world and the possibility of, of everything that could come from it in the future I guess so I guess yeah that's where my interest in in health all began and during that time I actually um, became quite sick myself So um, what the doctors thought was chronic fatigue, Um, you know, I started off with what we thought was a flu and I was about 21 at the time and, um, you know, about a month later I still wasn't better and actually ended up in bed for about three months and I had um, achy limbs, these constant headaches, the glands in my neck really sore and swollen and just completely fatigued. I remember walking to the kitchen one day from my bedroom and at the time I was living at home and I said to my mum, you know, I was just exhausted, I had to lie down and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even a 50 metre walk or anything. So um, I went to a lot of doctors at the time. I received quite a fair few different diagnoses for what they thought it was, but mainly a lot of them just said, it's chronic fatigue and and you'll get better, you'll be fine. Um, So what was interesting was while I was working in this PR space and learning about health and speaking to all these doctors, I still was getting sick every three to four weeks with a cold or flu. And what was interesting was it almost became my, my normal. You forget what it's like to have your full energy. Mm. And, um, you know, I kept going to the doctor and being put on another antibiotic and another antibiotic. And, this carried on for quite some time. Um, I'd go to work and then on the weekends I'd find I'd just be resting just to get my energy back. And um, I think one of the biggest things I learned at that time is to really listen to your body because eventually 
it this carried on for a couple of years. I wow. went to the doctor, yeah, for, for some time, and I went to the doctor, and he wanted to put me on another antibiotic. And I said, there's, there's something more wrong. There must be something. Something isn't right. And, um, yeah, it was at that point he then referred me to an immunologist, and they said that I had an autoimmune condition. My body doesn't create enough antibodies to fight off viruses and bacteria, and hence why I was getting sick all the time, and I had such a depleted immune system. So um, at that point, I guess, I was at the immunologist, and I was about uh, 20, 23 at that stage. And he said to me, there's nothing you can do. You essentially have a premature aging immune system. You need to come into the hospital once a month and get these protein antibody transfusions for the rest of your life to keep your, keep your energy levels up. What? <laughs> How yeah. terrifying for a 23-year-old. Yeah, and I mean, at that time, my friends were going out every weekend, they were partying, they were having fun, um, you know, they were all starting to work, and you just you mm. feel like you're, you're missing out a lot as well. And so I walked out pretty devastated, and I just thought, this can't be the answer, Some, something else, you know, something's got to change. And it was at that point I actually reached out then, to one of the CEOs of the integrative um, medical associations that we were doing PR with. And I asked her to recommend a doctor to me. And I went to this doctor and um, she had a completely different view on the situation. Mm. But one of her recommendations, which was quite simple, was to simply cut out processed and artificial foods from my diet and um, to cut out anything inflammatory like gluten and refined sugar and alcohol and to start on that and see how it goes. And she also did a number of tests on my deficiencies. She spoke to me about my stress, about my sleep, about you know over-exercising and really not pushing your body and listening to your body. And um, so, you know, when you find a solution like that or you think there's a possibility of a solution, you get quite excited because mm. for years you've been hit back so many times that there's no answer, there's no answer, and you can get um, quite down about the situation. So, um, yeah, at, at that point, about three months, I was really following her advice and um, I started to feel a little bit better I got test results again and they saw an improvement in my results Wow! and yeah that was pretty amazing and then six months later I was feeling even better and we ran results again and two out of the three of my antibody levels were in normal range mm. and the doctors were pretty astounded that that had happened so it was throughout that journey that I started discovering all these cool products on the market that didn't have anything artificial in them. They didn't have anything processed. They were just made from natural ingredients. And they tasted really good as well. And I think that was the really exciting thing. These were cool products and it became fun looking for all of these and you know, trying to include them into what I was eating. And you start to, it sort of changes your perception on healthy eating. It wasn't this whole diet approach that was very common back in the day um, or I guess things that are labelled low sugar and um, yeah, so 
that was um, that was I guess where the idea of goodness me box began yeah wow okay just before we get to what happens next I just I'm just quite interested like what was your what was your diet like before you went and saw this doctor because I can't imagine you Peter ever eating a highly processed diet were they they dramatic changes that you made or were they like how what was the difference between the before and after yeah definitely so my diet was actually very processed and I didn't I didn't realize that at the time um I would drink a lot of soft drinks a lot of diet soft drinks as well um a lot of artificial sweetness so particularly in chewing gum um I would eat protein bars that I thought were healthy but again they're filled with um artificial sweeteners as well and all sorts of different funny processed ingredients um yogurt that wasn't made from anything natural white refined bread i was i didn't have enough vegetables in my diet either i didn't realize um so a lot of packaged products canned soups and packaged soups and you know since then we've discovered that you know there are packaged products that are now made with natural ingredients mm. which is great but a lot of um a lot of artificial ingredients in my diet yeah yeah wow okay so it was it was quite a dramatic change and therefore that is why it had such a great impact on your test results at the time yeah and i mean from the outside you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't think that i had an unhealthy diet either I've always been slim naturally growing up as well so it was kind of that you know you can look unhealthy from sorry healthy from the outside and not feel so good on the inside and that was the other thing that was quite difficult at the time Um, when you have an autoimmune condition that affects and I mean there's hundreds of ways it can manifest but mine was affecting my immune system it's very difficult for other people to see or notice what's going on Mm. So they're not quite sure what's actually wrong with you or, or they don't notice or, or pick it up. So it was very difficult to explain to my friends at the time that I can't come out and I'm not feeling well and because I, I looked fine. Yeah, yeah. I, and I can only imagine, you know, it's it's something that would come up for a lot of people in their early years as well, I guess. And it is such a hard landscape to navigate at that age because it's also the age where a lot of people can do the things they can't do later in life, like eat the mm-hmm. junk food and drink lots of alcohol and like get no sleep and handle a bit more stress and bounce back. And when you don't have yeah. that resilience at that age, you can feel really isolated. Yeah, absolutely. So that was, yeah. So from that point of view, it was difficult at mm. the time. And um, I know, I mean, since then I've had mums come up to me. I had one mum at one of our events say, my daughter's got an autoimmune condition and she's sitting in the car. She can't come into the event because she's feeling so sick, but she was out drinking with her friends the other night because she doesn't want to miss out, even though she knows alcohol makes her feel terrible. Mm. So, um, and not from a hangover point of view, no. but actually affecting her, her body and her immune system and her, her energy, yeah. yeah shame okay so let's let's talk about goodness me box for people who don't know anything about the business how would you um describe it to them yeah sure so we are a health food sampling service 
It arrives in a box once a month at your doorstep. You don't know what you're getting. It's all about the surprise. It's about trying before you buy. And so we beautifully package this box um, that's also curated by a team of health practitioners that we work with. So we're quite strict about what we do and don't put in there and everything's natural and GMO-free. And we have everything in there from... Um, you know, healthy chocolate, you know, kale chips. We've got, you know, different kinds of lattes, smoothie blends. Um, and sometimes we also have natural beauty products in there as well from time to time. Yeah, wow. And it's it's a different selection every month, isn't it? Yeah, so you don't know what you're going to receive, but we do personalise as well for dietary requirements if you're gluten-free oh, wow. or, or vegan. So, yeah, you... you get it um, personalized to some extent yeah wow that's fantastic and tell me the selection process for the products that go into the box did you said there was a team that works with you on that what 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 does that involve yeah sure so we have what we call internally our codes of ethics criteria and we want to make sure that everything's um, ethically sourced and manufactured but also that the ingredients are natural and that there's nothing artificial processed in there. So our health team will always look at the ingredients and the nutritional information. Um, Often it's pretty straightforward if something is made with natural ingredients. Sometimes there are products that can be a little bit more borderline. So for example, if you have dried fruit, it does need a preservative, or dry, any product with dried fruit does need a preservative. Um, so the practitioners try to keep things as natural as possible while keeping it realistic within, I guess, the world that we, we live today. Mm. Okay, and and the like the mission behind the business was the idea to allow people an opportunity to sample different health products so that they can um, make the choice for themselves about what to include and not include in their diet. Because I guess it can be quite a an expensive process to go to the health food store and be like, oh, I'll just try that $25 box of cereal and see if I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what happens. You don't want to dish out $50 on that smoothie powder and then you don't like the taste. But I guess for me, the, the purpose of the business is to help people make better food choices. Mm. And it's simple, but that's what we're ultimately trying to do at the end of the day. And a lot of people have trouble navigating uh, the supermarket aisles and sometimes even the health food aisles and health food stores as well. Not everything that's on the shelf is necessarily healthy just because it's labeled gluten-free. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of um, a lot of people, and particularly mums who are shopping for their kids, send us um, a lot of emails or comment on social media that it really helps them realize what's healthy and what's not and, and what's okay. So, in term, how long, how long has the business been around for now? So we've been going for three and a half years now. Okay, so let's talk about maybe that first year or let the first few months mm-hmm. from from conception, from like idea to actually packing boxes and sending them out. What 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 did that process kind of look like? Yeah, sure. So. I guess when the idea started, I was still working at the time and I remember I had this idea, I was super excited and I googled 
a business plan, how to do it. That's exactly how it started. I mean, I think the first thing everyone needs to know is that it's okay not to know and to figure it out along the way. Yeah. But um, I started with that and it all seemed to make sense as I was going and I got quite excited about it. And I think what was really key for me was that I really understood the market from working in the health industry. Mm. I understood the media landscape at the time. There was a, quite a big shift happening with social media at that time. And um, yeah, and I guess I was passionate about it as well. And for us, we also see ourselves as a way to to help market the products and, and do a service for these brands and get the word out there about them. So um, yeah, I was quite excited about the idea for a couple of months. And then I was feeling well enough at that point, actually, where we booked a trip to South America to go hiking. And I decided, which was quite a milestone for me at Absolutely. that time. Absolutely. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was a really big deal. And I thought if I'm still so excited about this idea when I get back and I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go for it. So we came back and sure enough, I was still excited about it. And so <laughs> I resigned and um, I'd been working on it, you know, I gave two months notice and then a couple months to work on it without working and then launched it. And so... What I did at that time was I did a bit of a, a pre-launch to the media and I suppose stepping back from that, but the hardest part was also approaching the brands to say, let's work together mm. because here I was with no real business and just an idea and for them, they had to believe in what I was doing. So that was an interesting process doing that and you know, also the, the, the fear of rejection and people saying no to you. and. I think working in PR, you're so used to picking up the phone and calling the media and them saying no, 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 no to your story that it, it makes you more resilient that way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we launched and um, I had this whole grand plan for the launch, how to do it, how to get the word out there. I contacted all the media to share my story as well and spread the word about the business and I went all in because I thought if I don't have a database within three months I'm not going to have brands who want to work with me and um, you know people who want to buy the product as well it sort of worked hand in hand and I did a, a mass send out for the first week when we launched and I was sitting in my study and suddenly I started to get all these Instagram followers coming through. Wow. But then I got, I got quite excited at the time, but, they, but then they didn't stop. And for hours and hours, they just started <laughs> rolling in. And then I, I looked at the back end of the website and all these sales started rolling in. And that didn't stop for about 10 days. Where were they coming and from? We had gone all out to all these, well, I would say it was just myself at the time, actually. So I'd gone out to all these amazing health influencers on social media, and I'd explained why I was doing what I was doing and, um, you know, asked if we could send them a goodness me box. And at the same time, we had media stories coming out and... Also, we had a, a referral program happening for anyone who did come to the website. Okay. So those three things combined really just spread the word very quickly 
and generated a lot of awareness and word of mouth. And yeah, so it it almost exploded the first the first few weeks, which wasn't a hundred percent what I expected. You always wonder if your if your plan's gonna work or yeah. you know, but you, you just you really don't know what to expect. So I had to get moving from the very beginning and get things into action. And did you have, I mean, did you have like a ballpark number that you expected of boxes to go out that first month? Did you have to get more samples in? Like, how did that kind of look? Oh, yeah, I, I had no idea. So we, we had a couple of hundred for the first month and we just marked everything as sold out and then started selling the next month's box. Yeah. And then when that sold out, we started selling two months in advance. <laughs> but that actually came to bite me down the track because it messed up the data in the back end of the website and um, I guess I'll get to that (laughs) in a little bit but um, you know I had no tech background as well so it was all very new for me. Yeah okay so it must have started out well which you said it started out as a team of you and then at what point were you like, oh, hang on, I think I need some help. Like this, is, this isn't just me packing boxes. At, were you at home? Where, where were you packing boxes? Had you, got, had you gotten a space? No. So I was working from my apartment and the first round of boxes uh, I packed with um, my husband, my now husband, but we packed them together at my parents' place. <laughs> um, oh, and they took forever. I'll never forget that because we've got all the labeling, which is so intricate. Yeah. And um, so we did that. And then after that, we thought we needed we needed to find a warehouse to help us. And um, yeah, so we actually, I think we found them on Gumtree as well. So I hired a virtual assistant to start helping with customer service because I couldn't manage and yeah she found a wonderful warehouse who we still work with today um to pack the boxes oh that's amazing and it i mean it really did it really did just evolve quite organically but very fast yeah so it happened quite quickly so i learned a lot in those first few months and by the by the end of the six months i think there were five of us working on the business and we had to move into an office so Things happen quite quickly, but, um, you know, with any startup, it's not always, um, you know, it's not always going up all the time and we definitely ran into challenges um, a few months after that, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned the tech challenge that you came up against. What were some of the other challenges? Yeah, sure. I think something that's really... uh, difficult when growing a business is actually managing a team Mm. I think it's something a lot of people don't you don't think about until it's happening but um, that's something that you learn a lot about and is is quite difficult and um, while rewarding at the same time when you have the right team though I should mention but yeah by far the biggest challenge was the tech side and there's now some fantastic supportive organizations for women in tech and I think um, it's getting a lot more awareness and traction, but at, at that time, I really did not have a, a huge idea about the space. And so what happened was it, it evolved into the situation where if you were, for example, bricks and mortar store, it was like our doors were closed half the time and open half the time for, for sales to come through while we were trying to fix what was happening on the back end. Oh, okay, yeah. 
and because it's a it's a subscription based business isn't it and it's has yes. it all it's always been subscription based yeah so it's always been subscription based where the technology is um fairly new in that space mm. i would still say that um it hasn't been 100% nailed by a lot of the, the companies out there and it's not like um, at that time where you could get a Shopify or a template off the shelf to manage the subscription. Yeah, okay, interesting. And, you know, Peter, there's quite a few subscription boxes on the market now in different industries and with different products. But was was this quite a was this a relatively new concept when Goodness Me box was birthed? Yeah, so when we started, um, it was quite new, but I looked to the US and saw it was very popular there in the States at the time. And so trends often follow in Australia. There was a beauty box as well in Australia doing something similar. So I thought I could see that the health market was, um, you know, really becoming very popular. And I Mm. thought it's definitely something that that could work in this space. And has the has the the actual box that gets sent out has has that evolved much over the last three years, or is it still still the same sort of um, concept that's going out every week, uh, every month? Yeah, the concept's still fairly similar. A lot of it was centered on our values as well, so that we've we've stuck to, and we really believe in that. And for us, you know, it's all about food with integrity what what we've enhanced is the ability to personalize the box a lot further um yeah so yeah for for the most part it stayed the same yeah beautiful you know the thing that I love most about the box is well of course having access to a variety of different products and brands that perhaps you don't know about but also the education piece that goes with it like there's always information on what products are being sent out to you it's not just like you know being sent samples of stuff with no kind of information about it Mm, I think that's a really important part for us. We want people to understand why this muesli is better for me than the traditional muesli that I'm going to find on the supermarket shelf. And that is what can be difficult to understand. I think that these days they've become so clever and so smart when it comes to food packaging that it can be really, it's really difficult to know what's actually good for you and what's not when you're, when you're shopping at the supermarket. Mm. Absolutely. Um, So with that in mind, the health food industry itself, it has come through a lot of changes in the last few years and probably in the few years since you've started the box. Um, What what do you think are some of the biggest changes that have taken place over the last, say, three and a half years? Mm. Um, There's so many things that that has happened and, you know, for the future as well that they're developing, I guess. But I think... One of the biggest trends that we keep seeing is transparency. So consumers want to know where their products are coming from. There's been a little bit of a lack of trust developed with larger companies, so they want to know the origins of their food as well. Um, And so even the larger companies now are starting to highlight if their products are free from or there's no additives, there's no preservatives, if it's GMO-free, if they can use an ethical claim, they are starting to use that. So 
people are demanding more and more for brands to be forthcoming about the ingredients that they're using and how it's manufactured. Um, I think the, the other, there's been so many trends as well. I mean, the other thing that's become quite big and, and that'll continue to grow is the idea of self-care mm. as well. So, um, and what that means is that people want better for you treats as well because treating yourself is also part of looking after yourself. So you'll see now a lot of healthy but indulgent items in the supermarket but made with, or, or the health food store, but made with real good wholesome nourishing ingredients yes so that's become huge as well and i i think that's a fantastic trend um ingredients like chamomile and lavender and lemon balm and things that are quite relaxing as well um you know meant to become quite big this year Mm. um they're also talking up 2018 is is the year of the vegans so (laughs) haven't they had their year (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, it's still, it's still growing. So I guess the whole idea of plants and the power of plants yeah. has become quite a big theme. I think that towards the end of last year, and this will continue quite a bit, but the whole idea of eating with your eyes, so things with turmeric and matcha and charcoal and beetroot, all those ingredients mm. have become quite big because they're very visual. Yes. And a lot of that plays into social media, which you'd know. Um, a lot about because of your gorgeous photography and everything you make oh, as well. <laughs> yeah, um, no, well, it is, it's a huge part of it, isn't it? And so, I mean, socials played a big part in the growth of your business. Like mm. from the early days, social media was quite a prominent marketing platform for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. So um, we definitely, in particular, we cho- we chose our platform that we felt we were good at rather than trying to do everything at once because I know it can feel quite overwhelming at times where you want to do that. Um, But Facebook and Instagram are probably our main platforms that we looked at. And um, it's interesting. I mean, I was reading something the other day where Gen Z are now, you know, three times more likely to be influenced by social media than seeing a sale or, or a discount. So... Um, it's definitely got a huge impact, but one thing that I've always stood by is that um, we want any influencers that we send our product to to be genuine mm-hmm. and they're promoting it not because we've asked but because they actually believe in the product or, or um, they want to share it because it's part of their philosophy. And I think that's really important. Um, I think consumers have become quite savvy it's it's easy to tell when someone's been paid to advertise something yes. so i think that that's quite an important part of of our business yeah and i think it's so nice um it, it's such a shareable product as well because first of all there's something really special about receiving a surprise every month because not many people get surprises anymore unless it's their birthday and it is a form of self-care for a lot of people it's like their treat for the month um and it's something that yeah you want to share it's so visually spectacular when you open the box and see what's inside and everything's very colorful and there's lots of different textures and different flavors and yeah I mean it's it's very clever I keep saying the word clever but it's true it's it's really shareable thank you um yeah no I think it's important these days when you're designing a product that you think about the whole process, how the consumer is going to actually 
receive it and what they're going to do with it and how can you make it more shareable as well because at the end of the day there's nothing more valuable than word of mouth and someone else recommending your product so you want to make it easy for the customer to do that mm. what what do you think i've been talking a lot um about authenticity with people on the podcast lately and especially mm-hmm. in terms of business it must be hard when a business like yours grows quite um uh, f- fast i guess um and also gains so much success in its field and i guess um you know the idea of business is to just keep expanding and growing and um you know, bringing in more money. How do you how do you manage to retain authenticity with a brand like this, especially when you're working with so many other brands? Yeah, when you, I mean, when you mention authenticity, do you mean sort of revealing what's going on behind the scenes in the business and the problems you're facing, or just staying true to you, to your values as well? I, I think. I think more so the idea of staying true to your values because, I mean, you guys have some very set values which we've spoken quite a bit about. But as, you know, business can be a tough world and, you know, you want to stay ahead of the game and you want to keep offering more and more to people, but you do want to keep that value system strong. So yeah, um, how do you guys manage that? It's definitely difficult and this is something that comes up time and time again every few months because there are commercial realities and if you keep turning down certain brands, can your own business grow Mm. um, if you're not working with the bigger players? And I think that was a decision that I had to make early on, what we will and what we won't compromise on. So we do, we say no to a lot of brands and we have a lot of the bigger brands who see trends coming on, they try to integrate that in their product, be it chia seeds or maybe they're going to add hemp seeds into their product, um, which I've already sort of seen happening. And they try to skew the product as healthy and good for you and natural when in Mm. fact it's not. And so I think if you don't stay true to your values, people see past that and that's why they love your brand at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think it's very important to stick by that. And it it can be difficult, though, to navigate when you are trying to grow because you, you want to, you don't want to stay too niche that you can't spread the message and, you know, get, get main mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excited about healthy eating because I almost feel like we've got it. A duty and it's our mission to get people excited about making better food choices and for some they can get scared away when it seems um you know too adventurous mm. or too expensive or um too tr- almost like it's a trend yeah um, so you want to make it accessible as well absolutely and i guess you know the majority of australia are you well are you australia wide that you send boxes out to Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the majority of Australia is not the eastern suburbs of Sydney bubble that we live in with access to, you know, all these amazing cafes and health food stores and the rest of it. So to, yeah, to spring the um, sugar-free matcha 
protein bar with zero dried fruit in it is probably (laughs) that tastes like chalk is probably yeah not not the market you're going for right like you really just want to introduce things gently to people give them an opportunity to fall in love with a healthier way of eating and let them know what's out there and that there are choices yeah exactly and that things don't taste so bad and they do taste really good. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of customers actually in regional areas who get so excited because they can't access these products um, in their local stores. So it mm. is, it's such a treat for them. And, um, you know, we've got an online whole food eating program as well, which is realistic in terms of what you can buy at the general supermarket as well to actually follow a whole food way of living. So, um, yeah, definitely the market can be more restricted that way. However, things are changing and what I've found over the years is that the market is growing and a lot of, um, a lot of, I suppose, research or data that's coming out is saying that the health food products are going to have to become accessible for everyone regardless Mm. of their household income. They'll become more affordable. So what we're going to start seeing, and this could happen within, you know, six to 12 months, is brands coming out that are more like your your home brand of the health food space where they're more generic. Um, The packaging might not, you know, be as expensive for, you know, look as flashy, but they're working directly with the farmers to cut costs and, um, to make to make these products more accessible. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're already seeing it in Woolies and Coles, you know, with the macro range and Coles have their own health food range as well. I mean, that didn't exist a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's incredible. I always yeah. say, you know, walking through the health food aisle is such a good indicator to see how the market is is growing and changing because it started off with a quarter of the aisle and yeah, half the aisle. Yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Mm. So, what's next for Goodness Meatbox? Like, where do you see you guys expanding? Yeah, well, I really think we've barely scratched the surface with, um, you know, who knows about our service and what we do. So, we want to continue to grow that. But another part is that the journey can sometimes be incomplete, where you receive these products and you're like, oh, great now where can I get them you know Mm. can I go on their website and buy them can I find them so that's something that we definitely want to look at and you know we've got our our whole food eating program called going whole which is something we really want to expand as well we have we run that you know every two months and we have an amazing private group where I get to chat to everyone and actually hear their results and their progress and how excited they get when they see how easy it can be to to eat this way so um, yeah, a, a few things planned for this year. Fantastic. And if people want to know more about Goodness Me Box and how they can order a box, what is the best thing for them to do? Where should they go? Sure. So our website is goodnessmebox.com or they can find us on Facebook or Instagram as well, just under Goodness Me Box. Oh, beautiful. I'll put all of those in the show notes. And when you, how much, how much is a box? What, how does it's, it work? It's $25 a month and you get between six to 10 products and samples every month. Yeah, wow. It's fantastic. I love it. And you can cancel the subscription at any time. Like there's, there's no lock-in. 
yeah, that's it. So you can cancel any time. So if you get your first box and you're not happy with it, um, you can always cancel. Fantastic. All right. Well, not that they will be cancelling, but it's. I think it's nice for people to have a safety net, you know. They're, they're more inclined to try something out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. I actually really enjoyed this conversation because it's so funny when you talk to someone and, you you know, I see you at events and I know quite a bit about the business, but I really, I didn't know any of your backstory and that was really interesting to find out the journey that you had been through to create a product like this. I think it gives it so much more authenticity, which is what we've been talking about. So thank you again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns